Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Films with Ferrara podcast. I know this one's a little bit late, but we had important things going on that we're going to talk about in one second. But first of all, joining me, as always, our senior editor, Mr. TJ Blankenship. Hi. Well, yesterday was quite a day. So how was, uh, how was rushing Franklin Street? Oh, it was... Last night might have been, it's for sure a top two most electric night I've had since I got, got here. Aside, uh, the of, only other competitor is when my friend David attempted to eat the 100 chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I was like, mm, I wonder if that topped it. <laughs> oh, of course. But last night was incredible uh, here at UNC. Uh, obviously, for those of you that don't know, we had our big, one of our two big basketball games uh, this year against Duke, our Biggest rivals, they play, More like correct, they, play, <laughs> they play eight miles down the road. Uh, you're not allowed to spell Duke correctly on this campus. It's a D-O-O-K here. I've seen so many Duke hoodies the past couple of days here. Oh, disgusting. That's, no, it's kind of fun. No, that's disgusting. I'm, well, I'm from, well, you know, I'm from North Carolina. Right. I'm the one kid, the one guy here that's like out of right. state. So I go up to them. I'm like, oh, you're a Duke fan? They're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. They suck. <laughs> He's like, how would you know? I was like, I've seen them play. Like, actually seen them play. Right. Uh, like, but uh, we picked up the big dub last night, 82-78. We, uh, we were all watching here in the lounge at the dorm upstairs. And the minute that game ended, we cheered. And then we had one job. And we ran down the stairs and we ran to Franklin Street. And it was unbelievable. The, the exhilaration of beating Duke and then just running to Franklin is, is unbelievable. It's, it's an untopped feeling. Oh, man. You don't know the feeling being in New Mexico and winning a bowl game. That was pretty awesome. This was like the whole campus in one spot. They started, they started a fire in the middle of the street, and people started jumping the fires. Jumping the fire. Did you guys win a Super Bowl or just a basketball oh, game? Because this is this is the basketball game here, TJ. This is this is the game. It is almost like so. It's a, it was a, it's NC State. It's NC State for football, and then Duke for basketball. Uh, yeah, I would say that's it. But it's a more smaller, condensed version of what it was like when we when we win the national championship. Like, whereas yeah. there were a ton of fires. The Duke game, it's, it's a smaller, kind of more condensed version, but it was still insane on Franklin Street last night. It, it was an unbelievable mm-hmm. time. And then someone decided to set a firework off into the crowd, and that was when we left. So we were there for about half an hour, probably, and managed to make it back back uh, just in time to watch my Celtics pick up a win last night. So very good night last night. Had a Nice. Had a very good night. How was uh, I, your basketball game? I, uh, well, it was the women's. Okay. So there was no one there. Not, not, as, not nearly as electric as it was here last night. And we lost. Yeah, definitely not as electric. Because our, our, our women's team is kind of crap. And then I went back to my room and wrote a lap report. Excellent. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely not a, a somewhat profanity-laden uh, – uh, post from Franklin Street uh, on my on my Snapchat story right now. Not at all. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and the best part, the best part is, liar. the best part is it's not even necessarily like like there is a little profanity. It's in my not stuff. even the worst one I've seen. Like 
Or ones that were worse yeah, than there yours. There were profanity. Like, the profanity is not just, like, the one word I write there. It, every Everyone is screaming it. Like, it just... Oh, man. Screw Coach K. Screw Duke. Screw, screw Grayson Allen. Screw you, Zion. Should have come to Carolina. Uh, j- just, um, was a great you know what's great? Since, since WVU isn't in our conference anymore... We don't play them in football anymore, and they're you know like probably like an hour and a half away in Morgantown, right? Which is but, an insane college town. Morgantown is oh, dude, nuts. Huntington, Huntington is nuts too, because Huntington's small. It's right. a small college town, so it's crazy. Like you go, you go on like the edge of Huntington to like some like random like gas station or mom and pop shop or something like that, and you walk in with a Marshall hoodie on. Dude, you will talk to that person for about 20, 30 minutes just about Marshall. Wow. Yeah. Here, here it's – like, Chapel Hill is a fairly sized town. Like, we are we, – You're pretty big. We are a college town, but we're – but there's more to it than just, you know. We have Google how, It's like how, it's how Raleigh right, is. Right. We have a Google office on Franklin Street, so just, just – Yeah. So that's – but last night, like I said, amazing night. Great night to be a Tar Heel. Uh, screw Duke. We we'll, we play them again next month at their place. Let's let's do it again, or in early April. We do we do it soon. No, or April's the the national championship. So yeah, next month. Let's do it again at their place. They were gonna the Duke fans were gonna try to storm Franklin Street if they won last night. I would have loved to ha. see them try that. Um, but let's get into the the big news of the week, the movie news. There was this was a. Insane week. I was packed. Uh, not a week I was expecting to be a big movie news week. Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, I knew we'd have a ton of trailers to talk about. I was not expecting like massive stories to drop too. And I most certainly yeah, it was a packed news week. And up until about two hours before the actual game on Sunday, I did not think I, I did not realize Netflix was just going to drop a big movie on us like just randomly. I mean, I knew they were going to release something for... Yeah, I knew there was going to be a trailer, but it was about two hours before the game, Ava DuVernay started tweeting about something that was going to make film Twitter go wild that was going to happen mm-hmm. during the game. And we started And then that's thinking, when I figured and, they were going to actually release the movie. And we started... And we, and we, much of Twitter figured it out, and then Deadline reported it officially. Uh, we are go- definitely going to be talking about the Cloverfield Paradox later on with spoilers just because it's on netflix it, it's not a big deal um we're not asking you to pay money for this one uh or anything like that so you can pause go go watch it on your netflix account come back and listen oh to wait here wait later. let's just get our, our spoiler free review right spoiler now. review like all right we're gonna do a spoiler it was okay it was okay not the best thing ever not the worst screenplay was horrible but it had good effects good actors uh yeah, right. it was okay. I'll go with bad with redeemable qualities. That's that's my short review. I'll, that's why I said okay. Yeah, it's I okay. Think it's a, I think there are a couple redeeming redeemable qualities, but it's it, it's generally a bad movie. I give the screenplay more issues than yeah. We're gonna talk else. about this screenplay later because that screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think it was awful. I've seen way worse movies. Yes. I don't think it's a t- so maybe 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 it's just the fact that I have seen worse movies right. that it doesn't click that it is that bad and I'm just like right used no to it. I think at the very least this one has like cool things that happen yeah like and have has redeeming qualities yeah and I was really tired when I was watching it right so uh, 
Yeah. All right. We'll get, I'll, I'll go more into right. that later. We'll get more into it at the end of the show. Because it was blowing my mind, and it really shouldn't So have. just to do a quick rundown, we've got uh, four news topics we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about the insane amount of trailers that dropped. And there's one I forgot to put the rundown, but one that we can just joke about. It's a very jokeable trailer. Because I forgot to put Skyscraper in there. We're going to laugh at that movie so hard. <laughs> hey, look, it's Die Hard with The Rock. And with a jump in which he most definitely is falling to his death. Yes. Yes. Um, we have some TV talk, two big TV trailers. And, uh... Sorry about that. We just had uh, someone knock on my door. Knock, knock. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Mahler for, for knocking on my door there. Uh Trying. Shout out. He wanted to know if I was trying to go play basketball. Little did he know, I already played basketball today. So there's that. Um, but like I said, two TV trailers. Then I'm going to do a – I've gotten through two full listens. I'm going to review the Black Panther soundtrack. And, and boy, do, do I have some wonderful thoughts on this album. I not had time to listen to it yet. And then we're going to review the Cloverfield Paradox with spoilers. Because I think it's the only way to truly review this movie. Yeah, otherwise we won't have anything Correct. to talk about. All right, so let's jump into it. First off, the big story. I was definitely not expecting this the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the creators and writers of Game of Thrones, have officially signed on to write and produce a trilogy of Star Wars movies. Looks like that Confederacy t- uh, TV show was never going to get Thank off the God ground. for that. That was a very problematic mm. idea they had. Very problematic. Um, uh, this is I, I clearly, and what I was going to say when I attempted to record the solo yesterday, and then they decided to see this, the the technology didn't work out right. But they're bringing them in for world building. Yeah, that's what you bring Benioff and Weiss for because they've shown an ability to do it over seven seasons now, in a vast world of Westeros. And and their their movies are separate from the Luke Skywalker. Crap, it's separate from the Sun. and they're separate from Ryan Johnson. It's like a new right. Star Wars universe, basically. And that's the best way to describe it. The big criticism that came out, and I agree was the lack of diversity behind the camera in Star Wars. There's a lot of white dudes. Okay, okay, here's my issue with that statement. The, all of the prequels and all of the original trilogy were basically all directed and written by George Lucas himself before he now, there is a, now, a woman was credited as co-writing Empire Strikes Back, but there's a big but here. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Snyder of the tracking board, very well-respected reporter, uh, act, hits on a lot... That he was that he knows for sure of at least one woman and one person of color that have been hired to write or direct a Star Wars movie made any announcement yet. So that report I feel like should have should have been spread around the internet a little more than it did. Well, it depends on what they're working on. If they're working on the Obi Wan stuff movies. Not like T V. I know. I'm talking movie two. You know how they said they're going to do an Obi Wan right. spinoff. Uh, Steven Daltrey's already. If set it's to direct that, that they're going to wait until after Solo. Right. They've already got a director set for that movie, though. I don't know who's writing. I, I, but they might hire a writer. Um, or, and I know 
um, there was a, 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 an, a report out that Kathleen Kennedy had met with Reed Morano, uh, who's, who directed a number of episodes of The Handmaid's Tale, brilliantly directed a number of episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, have not seen it yet. It's on my I list. need to get to it, too, before season two. I have so many shows i got to catch up on, but that's another story. I also have to watch Atlanta and, like, five other things, but I'm not doing that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, no, Betty Off and Weiss are here for their, for their world-building skills. And particularly in an ancient setting. As in, I think they're going Knights of the Old Republic. That's what I was thinking, too. When they said old setting, I was like, hmm, the only thing that's old is Knights of the Old Republic. I don't think they're even talking. I don't think that was even at the press release. I just think that's what makes the most sense for those writers. Oh, yeah. No, I think so, too. I agree. Um, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't say it specifically, right, but right. they kind of hinted at it by saying, oh, yeah, old. And they're not directing this movie. They could hire writers and other, like, other writers and directors of of color or f- women. Are they just like showrunners? They're, basically? they're like, writing they and producing. Like... Yeah, they're almost playing a showrunner-like role. Yeah. Uh, for this trilogy. And it is separate from Ryan Johnson's new stuff and this stuff. Yeah. Like Luke Skywalker. I'm perfectly willing to give it a shot. I just think they need to... Um, Lucasfilm as a, ha- has backed themselves into a corner, and I think they can also use this trilogy to get the, back themselves out of it. Almost. What do you mean by the back? Just in terms of the diversity issue, because it is a real problem. I I, I, I disagree with the, di- the diversity issue. I'm good. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm making a bet. Because I'm I, making a bet. I was Hold even. On. I'm willing to bet. Ryan Coogler will direct the first of this movie, this trilogy. Either Ryan Coogler or Ava DuVernay. Uh, we'll see. I don't know, but there were people on Twitter after the news came out. Uh, with the diversity thing, with the that report, and they were even people that work for Lucasfilm, and they're like, "No, this is the most diverse place I've ever worked, and it's great." So this report is very right. like off kilter and not in right. the studio. I'm saying maybe in within the studio there's diversity, but behind the actual camera there's not, and that's the problem on set. That's what people are having issue with, and I I completely get the issue. Like in front of the camera or behind, behind it? like directors, screenwriters, like the most important people on a production. I'm telling you, he just got done working with Disney on a rather big movie that's going to do make a, a lot of money next weekend. A lot of money. I think Ryan Coogler gets one of these movies, and I th- whether it's in the Ryan Johnson trilogy or this Benny Offen Weiss trilogy, and I think Rachel Morrison shoots it as the cinematographer. I don't know who Rachel Morrison is. The first woman to ever be nominated for an Oscar for Best Cinematography. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, dude, you know how bad I am with names, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think Ava DuVernay gets one as well. I think Disney, yeah. Disney in a lot of ways, viewed uh, A Wrinkle in Time as almost like an audition to direct the Star Wars movie for her. So, and she was at one point also in talks to do Black Panther. Ava DuVernay? Yes, she was, they met with her and she just didn't, didn't feel like the visions meshed. Uh, clearly it did for Coogler, and Coogler is going to – that movie's going to make a lot of money next weekend. And it's apparently an excellent film, and I'm not hey, hey, least hey, surprised. Hey, you, know what, you know what movie's going to make more money? Infinity War? Oh, yeah. yeah it will. Yeah. Oh, no, my, my hype is, like, off the chart now, so I'm just going to mention that every time yeah, I because I'm going to be – My Black Panther hype right now is at about a 200 out of 10, I'm, especially after this album. Oh, buddy. Yes. 
I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of, yeah, Black Panther. Cool to finally see a movie of him because he's pretty cool. But I'm like, if I don't get a chance to see it, and they've okay. killed the press on this movie. Oh yeah, I agree. All right, next up, we got a the little DC, two DC stories. One of which I like, and but also confuses me, and the other of which I am ready to. Oh laugh. my gosh, are are you talking about what I think? We're going to start off with Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to. We'll talk get about. to the next one. Uh, we'll uh, get there because I've got a. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, good actor. Could he do the role? Probably. Yeah, I, Dude, I think he'd be an I, amazing. I, I love how, I love how Joker has turned into the new Hamlet, where it's the role that everybody looks to do to prove themselves right. as an actor. But my problem, I think DC is about to confuse the entire audience. Oh yeah, I think so. Because this is this does not count the DCEU. This is part of an as yet and not yet announced new wing of DC films that has nothing to do with the Justice League universe. Absolutely nothing. I'd say that's an issue. I don't even know. Joaquin Phoenix is a great pick. I think he'd be an, he's going to be an amazing Joker. Here's the question. Is he a little bit too old, though? Because he isn't as, like, this he's, is what, 43? This is what questions, why, one of my questions, too. This is supposed to be an origin movie, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so... He's an amazing actor. Is, is he a little bit too I, old? I feel like if he, he were playing an older Joker, then yes, it would be. He'd be amazing. I just, I, I don't know if the visions mesh there. And also, um, uh, like I want to, I'm gonna talk about the other Jokers because Jack Nicholson was the mobster Joker. Uh, Cesar Romero, he was the like the clown, and then you have. Uh, what's Heath name? Ledger. Heath Ledger, thank you. It just slipped from my, my tongue. Uh, Heath Ledger, who was the insane sociopathic Joker. And then you have <laughs> the, the other one that I'm not going to talk about. The, the one, the one that sent the... The one, the one that isn't Joker. <laughs> it's just his name. Right. That one. So, just like, which one is he going to play? Because if he was going to be, like, the gangster Joker, then yeah, like, I could totally see him as, like, a little bit, like, just a little bit I older. think Warner Brothers wants to send him towards the Ledger version. Then he needs to be younger. I think Joaquin Phoenix can play psychopath. Oh, I, I just so too. I he's just, an amazing actor. I love him. I, I just don't. I just don't know if it works for an origin movie. And Todd Phillips is directing this movie, and he's never directed a film of this magnitude, of like that budget. Yeah. But we'll see. The other one is way. Fun. The other DC story this week is way funnier. So DC <laughs> is. Are you ready for this? There's like. Oh, I know what news you're talking about. I'm already this is laughing. A three-part story. First of all, DC has apparently officially greenlit their Lobo movie, which they number one. This is part one of this story. View as their Deadpool or Logan, an R-rated, balls to the wall big franchise. Number two. I read this one yesterday. I about to die laughing. As the script is currently written. This Lobo movie will hilariously cost Warner Brothers $200 million to make. <laughs> and what director can you give that budget to and ruin and almost anything? That's right, kids. Michael Bay is in talks to direct a $200 million Lobo movie for DC. Just laugh now. We'll, we'll get the last out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
DC. Why? What are you doing? Why? What are you doing? Hashtag pray for DC. Yeah, this is a. Oh God! First of all, the fact that they're going to pour two hundred million dollars into Lobo is is. Now, mind you, there will be rewrites, and I guarantee you the budget will get cut. But they're gambling on a character that is not Deadpool and is not nearly as well-known as Deadpool. Like People knew Deadpool, at least. Oh, everybody loved Deadpool. Everyone's been asking for a Deadpool movie since Ryan Reynolds first appeared as an X-Men Origins. I think, like, Deadpool was not this, like, top-tier character. But he was a character. No, he was, he was the video game. He the, was an A minus character. That's I, what he was. He wasn't like Spider Man or Superman. People, but everybody knew his name and I knew people who he knew was. of the character. No yes, one has exactly. ever heard of Lobo. I mean, I, I, yeah. two hundred billion dollars, and you're gonna give that money to Michael Bay? Whew. Sheesh! If they did it right, I could see it working. They could make it, like, a Judge Dredd kind of movie, you know? I laugh at your optimism. Well, no, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I said it could. But then as soon as they announced Michael Bay, I said, I have nope, exactly zero movie. hope. There, go, there goes any hope yeah. for it. This is awful. Yeah. I'd rather see the John Cena Duke Nukem movie than this movie. See, the thing is, that actually might be satirical. Correct. This, I think, is just... I'm waiting for our trailer for that, because that actually, that might actually be somewhat okay. So that's the DC roundup, because what a joke. Hashtag pray for DC, guys. We got to start And now, hashtag. guys, our favorite segment, hashtag pray for Paramount. It continues. Except they actually did something kind of cool today. That's not how this is supposed to work. Huh. Wait, They've officially greenlit. Yeah, this is where it gets very exciting. A biopic about rapper Gucci Mane. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Except that was not a Gucci Mane track. Low pump. I low know. pump. No, Gucci, a uh, very well-known rapper. This man puts out more tapes than anyone else. The man is a legend. He just, he just cranks out music. I don't know who he is. Trap God. Um, oh, he does. Oh, he does the trap father music? of trap. Yeah. Oh, so he does trash rap. Oh, I- incorrect. Gucci actually good. Um. Yeah. This is a. Uh, he actually does have an interesting life story. His autobiography, which they optioned for this movie, is a bestseller. Uh, he's a f- fascinating figure. Actually, and and this could be an interesting movie. Uh. But shout out to Gucci. It could be like the Tupac movie. Oh, please don't, please don't let it be like the Tupac. Let it be like straight out of Compton. It could be like the Tupac movie, or it could be a mix of the Tupac movie and straight out of Compton. I don't know which side I'd actually prefer because the two. Actually, no, I definitely prefer straight out of Compton because the Tupac movie was bad. All Eyes on Me was actually Didn't see bad. It. I caught it on HBO. Didn't see Very it. Bad. Um. I love not having to go see crappy Sorry, movies. Gucci. Learn my lesson after Fant Forstick, everybody. Gucci gets the uh, Gucci, as he once said, you get the bag and fumble it, I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. So he, he's getting the bag and flipping it and tumbling it with this movie. I'm ready. Shout out to Gucci. Scooch, drop top, okay. whiz up, goo up. All right. Uh, and the last news story, I forgot to put this on the rundown, whatever. 
studios have now realized after Sunday, uh, you can dump movies on Netflix. Movies that you don't yep. like. And Universal has done the same thing Paramount did. Uh, they sold their sci-fi thriller Extinction to Netflix, uh, starring Michael Pena and Lizzie Kaplan. From when you said Michael, I thought you said Michael Bay, and I was going to go, no! There's no trailer, there's no nothing. <laughs> I mean, whatever. The movie's probably bad, but Netflix is willing to pay money for it, and studios will take advantage of it. So, I mean, Netflix really did change the game Sunday night. Like, what they did Sunday night, what, whether the movie was good or not, was historic and did exactly what they wanted to see. Oh, no, it changed the it changed the movie uh, movie scene. The way the, the the goal they had for Sunday night was to create an event for their yep. for their service, and they did it. it. Basically, the Super Bowl was the red carpet premiere, and everybody attended. It. Correct, hundred and ten billion people watched that game. Oh, I didn't watch the game. I just I was on Twitter. All right, cool commercial. All right, cool commercial. Huh. And then I was like, oh, sweet, all the trailers dropped. I'm ready. The commercials were garbage Sunday night. Oh, did the best one was the uh, Game of Thrones and Morgan Freeman Doritos Mountain Dew commercial. That was the best one. Uh, Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. doing the dirty dancing dance like, right down to the lift it was not a commercial I was in any way expecting Sunday night, but it's one that made me laugh at its absolute stupidity. It was incredible. Uh, but aside from that, there. So Universal thinks, okay, we can make some money back, offset the financial loss. Netflix can, you know, have a big new movie, original content. It's what they want. It's yeah, perfect for them. Works for both sides in the end. So see how that goes. Uh, we get now. We're going to move on to trailer talk. It's going to be a massive segment this week. Lots of trailers. So let's just start off since we forgot it. We'll start off while we have it on our brains. Skyscraper. The Rock versus a skyscraper. That's burning. Oh, by the way, he totally dies. He totally guy. dies. Twice. First of all, his leg is essentially his prosthetic leg, which that's an incredible way to make it balance out that it's The Rock. How, how do we make The Rock less overpowered? Let's just take away a leg. Guys, let's just amputate one of his legs. Let's just make him disabled. Correct. That's a great idea, right? <laughs> right? People, people will go see that right. movie with their rock. And it, that right? long jump he makes would destroy the world record long jump. Long jump. Destroy. And also, also the land speed record for a human because he would have to run at such a fast speed. He'd be faster than uh, Usain Bolt. Right. It's insane. Like, he definitely dies in that trailer. And I am guys. Let's just let's just do Die Hard, but with The Rock. You want it? Wait, we can't name it Die Hard though, because then nobody's gonna see it because it's a remake. Let's just call it Skyscraper and call it a day. Correct. What a great idea. The the absolute absurdity of this movie is going to absolutely lead me to using a, a movie pass and going to see this movie and just shoving a ton of popcorn in my mouth as I watch this absolutely ridiculous movie. I'll wait for it to get I will absolutely go see this just for just for the fun of it. If I'm paying for movie pass, I will absolutely see this movie. Okay, but what if this actually turns out to be really good and it's just a really crappy trailer? Mate, I, I, this is the definition of a Dwayne Johnson movie. He, I don't know, but he, 
Like, I mean, yes, but also no. He just they, they, he just sold another action movie from the same director as Skyscraper and Central Intelligence. It's the same director. So basically, he's the new Bruce Willis and freaking, uh, what's his name I'm thinking of? The guy that always Jason does Statham. action movies. No. Stallone. Well, yes, but no. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't even know. Okay. No, well, it doesn't right. matter. Whatever. Right. You get he my just point. sold another action movie today. I forgot to put this on right now. Uh, to Universal. It's going to be the same director as this movie. He, and the director is going to make $10 million. And then uh, if the movie gets a $125 to $150 million budget, and then The Rock himself gets $20 million for the first time as an actor. $20 million bucks. That's a lot. It's nice work if you can get it to make uh, who is the highest grossing actor right I think now? It's, I think is it still Robert I believe Downey so, Jr.? but The Rock is getting very close. I mean, dangerously That's close to the same amount like, of money. I'm, I'm looking it up. I got. I mean, if you right take here. a look at uh, The Rock's shooting schedule coming up, he's got uh, he's shooting season four of Ballers right now. Then he's got uh, then he's shooting Jungle Cruise for Disney. Then he supposedly is going to go shoot this Fast and Furious spinoff with David Leitch set to direct now, or Leitch, or however it's pronounced, the Deadpool 2 guy. Then he supposedly got some sort of role in Suicide Squad 2. Then he's got this new movie he just set up. And then Sony just hired writers for Jumanji 2. And mix in another season of Ballers, or another season or two of Ballers in there probably. The man will never stop working. He just doesn't stop. It's gonna, you're going to get to play. We're going to have three Dwayne Johnson movies coming out annually. Uh, oh, I'm still looking up for this thing. Who's the highest paid actor in 2017? All right, Forbes, I'll look at you because you might be useful. Forbes would probably be very useful. They might not have come out with the numbers yet for, for last year. I would assume this year it's going to be Robert Downey Jr. 2017? Yep. Number one was Mark Wahlberg. Oh, God. Number two was oh, Dwayne. it's me, Mackie Mack. This so might just be just – this is just a 2017, right. though. I think RDJ will be it for 2018, although The Rock is very quick. Oh, no, no. RDJ is going to be it for 2018 because of Infinity like War. 60 billion for that movie. Not no, it's gonna be way more Let's than see. that. All right, next trailer. God, this is a movie I'm excited for, and I have been excited for for a hot minute. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, they there was a Super Bowl ad, and they also released the full trailer online. TJ, you get a chance to watch the full trailer? What yeah, I saw it. it. It's uh Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise and doing his own stunts. That's what it is. This movie looks. And then the and then the font from the Fallout games is the font that they used right. for the trailer, or not the trailer, the uh title. The title. This movie looks awesome. Like, unbelievably awesome. The action sequences look incredible. Uh, they released behind-the-scenes footage of Tom Cruise flying the helicopter this, this week. That was absolutely incredible. Like, just eject this movie into my veins, please. Thank you. Give it to me. Right now. I'm not the biggest fan of Mission Impossible. I think it's good, but it's not like I, I the end-all and be-all for spy adored movies. adored Rogue Nation. Adored that. Movie. Oh man, but you know what we get to see? You know that what we get to see? That cabal mustache, though. That cabal mustache, though. And that mustache <laughs> looks glorious. I wouldn't have. Oh my god. Shave that one off for Justice League either. Look at that thing. Glorious mustache. 
We'll beautiful. talk more about Henry Cavill's mustache in a little bit, actually. Ooh! Teaser. Teaser. Real nice teaser from me right there. Uh, this movie looks awesome, though. I'm very, very excited about it. The action looks incredible. All right, next up, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. They released, like, a 90-second trailer uh, at the Super Bowl. I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed this 90 seconds a lot more than the actual first trailer. I think I might be... I think I, I might too. be in on this movie. I might be all the way in on this stupid dinosaur movie. I am so in. You want to know why I'm in? Because Chris Pratt. He always gets my money. You want to know why I'm in, specifically? Jeff yep. Goldblum. Go Jeff Goldblum! The greatest. The greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, love that guy. He's probably going to do the movie for two minutes. I don't even care. What a god. Um, the, the greatest ever. I, I'm so, this movie looks, I mean, actually, like, I don't know how this dinosaur, whatever this new creation is, ends up in a child's bedroom, but it, that was actually a somewhat terrifying moment there. That was actually well done and well framed. So I'm mm-hmm. actually very much looking forward to this movie. Again, yeah. just stupid shove popcorn in your face and go. Same thing for Skyscraper. Yes. Just maybe on a more effective. Like, uh, let's do. Yeah. So we're gonna get into three t- another TV spot here, and then we got three full trailers to talk about. Three full trailers. So we got the Infinity War thirty second TV. Yay! Looks very cool. I'm still in aside on this movie. from the one shot. Since I don't know if you saw the one shot where Tom, where, where Spider Man takes his mask off. And it's very obviously unfinished visual effects. It's it's very obvious unfinished visual effects. I agree. Like, but every other scene in that movie, uh, I was, the quick I was cut away so that you wouldn't pay that much attention to his face was hysterical to me. Uh, after that shot, yeah. And there's the one shot, uh, like Cap's walking, and if you look through, it almost looks like Captain Marvel's behind him, just with the uniform. It's either Captain Marvel. or... I think it's Scarlet Witch. I think it's either Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, or um, like I think else. it's Scarlet Witch's hair, but the colors—it really does make you think it's like the classic Captain Marvel costume. Oh, I, I thought so too. I was like, oh my god, are they are they gonna do this? But nah. And and if you look closely at that same scene, you notice Vision's walking without his gym. He was walking without the mind stuff in his head. Because it was very obviously not a giant glowing yellow dot on his right. forehead. And I don't know if that was just because unfinished CGI or this is unused footage. Because if I don't know if you heard about this, but the, um, the directors made a whole lot of scenes where they were just incredibly fake scenes that throw people off the scent and nobody knows what happens. And so it wouldn't spoil the That's movie. incredible, actually. I love that. I love that. Did you not know I that? I think I saw something about that, but it's been a while. Yeah, they, they filmed fake scenes that aren't going to be in the movie to throw people off the scent so that no one could spoil it. Yes, that's actually great. Yeah. You were to talk yep. about how, how to prevent spoilers. No one knows what actually happens. Yep. All right. Except that, I mean, of course the actors do, but <laughs> let's be honest. No one's going to reveal it unless they're Sebastian Stan, Mark Ruffalo, or right. Tom Holland. And Tom Holland didn't even ever get the full Correct. script. <laughs> legend. Absolute legend. God. <laughs> no, Mark Ruffalo's just going to stream the first 15 minutes. Don't right. worry. 
<laughs> All right, let's get to some full trailers here. There's a Super Bowl TV spot and a full trailer at long last for Solo, a Star Wars story. And I'm going to sum up my thoughts on this in two words. Are you, are you ready? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. I feel sorry for Alden Enric, though, because this is now Donald Glover's Correct. movie. <laughs> You're absolutely I, I have already, I don't know what they got to do. Maybe Ryan Coogler gets this movie. I, I need Lucasfilm to greenlight a, a Lando standalone movie starring Donald Glover t- like today. I need that done. Here's the thing. I was talking to my mom about this movie because she's a giant Star Wars fan. Han Solo is her favorite character. Right. right. So I was talking to her about it after they, they aired the actual trailer. And I was talking to her about it. And I have the text, so I'm going to read through them. Because this was this was a awesome, and if mom, if you're listening, yes, I'm going to tell them about this conversation. Um, do I can I not go back? Oh, I can't go back, but I remember it's okay. Anyway, she uh, we were talking about it, and she's like, "Hey, did you see that that solo trailer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of have to." And, right. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Troy from Community is in it." She's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm now so excited for this movie." I said, "Guess who he's playing?" She's like, who? I said, Lando. She's like, <gasps> we have to watch this movie. This man is the greatest. Like, I, he might be my favorite person in Hollywood right now. Like, he, he is yeah. so incredibly talented on so many levels. And I just want to see anything that man does, honestly. Um, and he is going to kill his Lando. Like, Alden Ehrenreich, I liked in Hail Caesar, and I thought he was funny in that movie. But you I'm hire sure. someone like Donald Glover... And you know he could run away with the movie. You know he could just run away with this. Cause, and if he does, I guarantee you we will get a Lando movie. Because I, I don't think you can deny it at that point. Yeah. The world loves Donald Glover for obvious reasons. Uh, but aside from that, the, the other main thing about this trailer that really caught my eye... Because there still weren't, like, a ton of lines. Alden Aaron, like, lo- seemed fine. The cinematography... He looks like a young console. Right. yes. When they showed yes. his actual face. The cinematography looks amazing. Yes. Uh, Bradford Young is one of the finest cinematographers working today. Uh, he is incredible. And uh, the last movie I believe he shot before this was Arrival. Which is? I thought you were. I thought you were going to say Blade Runner. I was going to go. With that me. was Roger Deakins. I would have. I, I trust me, Brad. One of the two. I couldn't. I couldn't. Bradford Young also would have crushed Blade Runner. I uh, yeah. Um, this guy. He is an incredible. He has an incredible eye, and it really does show in this trailer. The look of this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Looks beautiful. Like you know, going in, whether the movie's good or bad, it's going. It's going to be good for the eyes. Yep. Um, it, it's a just some of the, the shot of the the star destroyer coming through the fog is unbelievable. And the the shot with the uh, Millennium Falcon flying through, yes, that was amazing. So I I am I'm excited for this. I'm still a little cautious. I'm still a little cautious about it, but with Donald Glover. Even if the movie isn't as great as right. it could be, we all know that he is going to be the best part. There of will that. at least be one redeemable quality. 
Guaranteed. Correct. Uh, next and up. Woody, and Woody Harrelson, because he's good in everything, too. Yes. So, right. I think we're all, we're cautious, but we're optimistic after this. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Or optimistically cautious. However you want to word it. Next one up. I know you're ready for this one. We hinted at it earlier. A new trailer for Deadpool 2 came out this week. And uh, this is the first actual trailer. The first, the first actual the trailer. Teaser. The first one was the Bob Ross one, which is... And that was a teaser. A masterpiece of a teaser trailer. This one gets all the beats it needs. Because, first of all, the whole conceit of the trailer is that you're being introduced to Cable. All right, this is the main point of the first few minutes of the trailer. Josh Brolin as Cable. Is Dude, this he's is... going to be in the two best movies of May. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to have a monster three weeks there. Two yep. master, monster few weekends. Um, and he has a badass action sequence. But before he does that, they show his robot arm, but it's not done yet. It's a green screen arm. They finished it in the trailer. Correct. And Deadpool actually pauses the trailer and, and goes off on a special effects guy <laughs> saying, he says, it's a robot arm. It's not like we're trying to remove a mustache here. And I <laughs> The shade of PC is great. I lost it. Oh, that wasn't even the best line of the trailer. And then immediately, so Deadpool cuts off the trailer and starts filling in the blanks with like with action figures and And it was a toy story reference and and the attention to detail with that if you look up like things missed in the trailer or whatever holy crap like Like, there is so much attention to detail that's amazing deadpool brings in an action figure of himself dressed up as woody from toy story and if you look when he drops them on the bottom of the right shoe it says wade instead of andy yeah, but the D is backwards, like the N was. Just like, yeah. It's just but amazing. then when Abel comes in, and Wade's spelled correctly. Correct. Yeah. And then they, then the visual effects are done, let's get it, and Cable just absolutely destroys some people. And also, there was also two Thanos references. Two Thanos jokes. Uh, if, if, you, if you noticed them. I don't know if you noticed them. Oh, uh, which two? Uh... The thing about the stones where he was talking about his balls. And then another one where he said, I'll effing do it myself. True. Those two. Yeah. I, I don't think I put two and two together on those. I should have. I thought you were talking about a detail on the back of the, like, Deadpool playing with the action figures. I might have missed that. Which one? Was I don't that? know. I just didn't know if that was. Oh, like, no, no. It, they, were, they were spoken lines. But uh, then they proceed to show a bunch of action sequences, the blind owl uh, aiming the gun incorrectly because she can't see. Yeah. But the big reveal of this trailer is the X-Force. It's not official. Let's be honest. It's not official yet. Uh, Rob Liefeld confirmed that is at least an early version of the X-Force in this universe. Who? Did you say Liefeld? Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool. Yeah. No, no, it was definitely early characters of the X-Force, but I don't know if it's going to be the X-Force. Right. Deadpool's in there. Zazie beats his Domino's in there. Terry Crews Terry Crews! I was about to point that out! Uh, Nobody... I don't think anyone reported he was in the movie. Like No one did, no. They kept that a secret until like three months out, which is incredible in this day and age. 
yeah. for a, a high-profile actor like Terry Crews. He's not like Johnny Depp or anything, but he's a pretty well-known name. Like people, people know who he is. Yeah, that incredible feat there. To, to... I'm gonna check Wikipedia to see if it's on there yet. Uh, but it is confirmed to be Terry Crews. Oh yeah, so, it's definitely Terry Crews. Um, but th- this movie looks like a ton of fun. It's it's a Deadpool. And is is the too. official title title still the Untitled Deadpool sequel? It, it could the official title remains the Untitled Deadpool sequel, right? Because that, that still hasn't changed yet. Like, if you actually look, the YouTube playlist Fox has is still titled the Untitled Deadpool sequel. Yeah. I think that is the official title of this movie. I think that's going to be the official title, too, and it's perfect. Which is very Deadpool. Oh, by, by the way, speaking of Rob Liefeld, uh, he's going to the Durham Comic Con in March. Oh, excellent. So if you want to meet him, there you go. All right. That's the best uh, look. Yeah. This will be a uh, – this movie's going to be a ton of fun. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah, me too. So, Untitled Deadpool sequels, that's May 18th. They moved it up a couple of weeks. So, And last but not least, we're going to get into the most controversial trailer of the week. Venom. Congratulations, Sony. Congratulations, Sony. You've managed to make a a movie about a badass comic book anti-hero look like a movie about Tom Hardy being nervous about a CAT scan. So, congratulations. That's... To be fair, though, the one scene that everybody has already made a meme out of, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, if you look closely, you see the symbiote crawling up his neck. Correct. Yes. But that's um, all that we get. We don't we, get to look like, at him. And there's a couple of seconds of, like, the symbiote bubbling up. Like, if you don't have visual effects done for a look at the movie's actual titular character. Don't release the trailer. Don't release the trailer yet. You didn't have to put one out yet. However, I am slightly more excited because if you listen closely, he kept saying we, 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 we. Right. And that's Venom. That's how Venom talks. It talks about we, which is both the symbiote and Eddie Brock. If right. They, if they didn't do that, then I would be completely off this movie. But that at least gives me a little bit more hope. But then for anyone that doesn't realize this is a Venom movie by the end of the trailer, which is very plausible, the, the title card shows up and it's just the letter V. They don't yep. even put up the full title of the movie. People are going to have no, the people that don't know that this movie exists or what this movie is are going to have zero idea what this movie is. Uh, None. Mom, speaking of my mom again, we were also talking about this movie because she sent it to me because she knows how big of a Spider-Man fan I am, right. and Venom is arguably one of the best Spider-Man villains, if not the best. Um, so we were talking about it. She and we both agree on this. One, no matter what, Tom uh, Tom Hardy is going to kill it. Yes, Tom Hardy looked awesome. I, I almost said Tom Holland. Yeah, and his uh, his New York accent was surprisingly good. It, I'm very surprised. I thought it was going to be a lot more. As someone not. who's heard that accent often. And we also agree that the poster is really good. The poster? If they just left it at the poster, I would have been. Uh, that would have been great. I love the poster. I want to get it, and poster. I want to frame it and put it up because it is amazing. It is an amazing poster. It Just really, with the eyes. Really, yeah, it, it with the eyes, the it message. says Tom Hardy underneath it, and then it has Venom in a Venom font, and it's great. And I love it. <sighs> this trailer's so bad. It's, it's, a, a, it's not the best. Like... They really just make it seem like, like an actual drama about a guy that got nervous about a CAT scan. Yep. Like, there's almost zero hints that this was actually a Venom movie. 
Like, you have to show Venom to sell this movie eight months out. You have to give the public a general idea of what your movie is. And we, by not showing Venom, people have no idea what this movie is. So, congrats to them. Yeah. Real good work, Sony. Real good marketing. I, like, I feel like they're trying to act like one of like the old school 70s or 80s trailers, which was literally they were just teaser trailers trying to tease the audience into wanting more, but not marketing any of the climactic moments. I don't even need, like, to see Venom in action. No, I, I don't need to see Venom in action. I just want to see Venom, because that's what the movie is about. Correct. And it comes out in October. And if the CGI is so bad, I'm just I'm not saying that's the reason they didn't put them in it, but if Correct. the CGI is at the point where it's not ready to be shown in a trailer, don't release a trailer then then you have a ton of movies coming out in march and you have infinity war in april get that get a visual effect of venom done and then release the trailer yeah the there's so many movies that they could put it on they sony could even talk to marvel and be like yo put this in front of infinity war because tom holland and spider-man the movie doesn't come out till october if you throw it out there with infinity war it's still six months out yeah it's a really stupid move. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. We got some TV talk here. Um, which will be we got a couple of trailers. Uh, let's start with Westworld season two. Looks I'm cool. season one. Right, so, looks cool. I'll be honest, I completely skipped on this trailer because I didn't want spoilers. I think I got four episodes in on Westworld Season 1. I gotta go back and finish it. Yeah, I got like two episodes in, three yep. episodes in. Premieres April 22nd. Uh, one, Not a trailer, but a, a premiere date. Legion Season 2, April 3rd. Woo! That I'm excited for. Oh, I gotta catch so, up on that beforehand. Oh, I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm done working on that. <laughs> and we could actually talk more about Jessica Jones Season 2 trailer. Uh, which appears this uh, season two of Jessica Jones, which is available on Netflix, uh, is going to it's premiering. What did we say? March. It's nine? March eighth. March eighth. So it's a Thursday. I think it said March eighth, but I'm not completely certain. Yeah, sometime. It is early next, March. Yes, but for sure it's coming out next month, um, and this season is going to explore more of her origin story, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I think the trailer looks great, and I think there's some interesting drama. There's clearly more to her character than just the Killmonger. Or not Killmonger. That's, that's Black Panther. Killgrave. I just checked it. It stuff. is officially March 8th. So a Thursday? Yep. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like right before my spring break. The same. Mine's, yeah. uh, what, the week after that? So yeah. this, the 17th? So I know what I'm watching over spring break. Um, uh, I'll watch it before mine. <laughs> but uh, no, this will be a. Uh, I- I'm looking forward to. It. I think Jessica Jones, in terms of actually like being a show, is probably the best of these Marvel Netflix shows. I think uh, it- not Punisher by far. Punisher has some ridiculous moments though, like like moments that are just like really come on, you just got shot in the head, you can't just get right back up. Stop it. Uh, like, Jessica Jones, I think, is, is the, the most grounded of the shows, and I think it works best. Oh, by the well. way, speaking of Legion, all eight episodes are on Hulu. 
Yes, they are. All eight episodes are on Hulu. Please go watch it. It's a great show. Um, I'm going to rewatch it before the new season starts. Um, yeah, I'm going to rewatch it too. Still a wonderful show. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but we've got, let's see, but you're in on Jessica Jones season two? Do you think, uh, um, what do you think of the trailer? To be honest, I feel like I coming back. He is. That this was confirmed already. You see at the end he's got the, the purple light and just a slow yeah, I saw pause. the purple I saw the purple light and the slow pause, but it doesn't I, officially mean that he's in it. But I feel like he is. He he's confirmed for season two. Oh, is he confirmed? He's okay. That long course, been confirmed. I don't watch spoilers. Long been confirmed. Okay. Yeah, I um, haven't been paying attention because I didn't want spoilers. I don't know in what capacity. Uh, I don't know if that's in the past, if that those scenes were in the past, if they're in the present, and he's... No, it's like, in the present. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited for that, actually. I think that, act, I think he, even from the grave, he's still going to screw with this woman's life. And he, David Tennant was amazing on that show. You know what it might be? What? It might be that he's just so deeply ingrained in her mind that it's like a hallucination of sorts. Maybe. That's what I was initially thinking. But we'll see. I, I'm excited for the show. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, so that does it for TV talk. Now we're going to get into something that we don't uh, uh, doesn't usually happen on these film podcasts. We're doing music reviews because we had a very special album come out at midnight. The Black Panther, the album, the soundtrack for the uh, Marvel blockbuster that comes out next Friday. Dropped at midnight. I've already gotten through two full listens. Once at midnight, and then uh, once while I was playing basketball this afternoon. Uh, this one's all you because I have not listened to it yet. Yeah, this album's amazing, everybody. This album is amazing. I think I put six tracks of, on my like, personal like bangers playlist. Some straight up bangers on this album. Um, the SOB RBE track. I had never heard of this guy before. The, this that is an incredible track. It's called Paramedic. It is an amazing song. Um, the Schoolboy Q track is awesome. I really enjoyed the Vince Staples track. Uh, track with tra- Kendrick and Travis Scott's great. There's an extra verse on the, on the All the Stars on the album version uh, from SZA, which is great. Black Panther, the actual first track, is awesome. It is a, just a spectacular album. They really made it work. Uh, the track that came out last week, uh, Pray For Me, uh, the week from Kendrick and the Weekend is great. King's Dead, which came out a couple weeks ago, is also a, still a, still an absolute banger, despite Future's absolutely horrendous verse on that track. Did you say there was a bad? No, track there's on that a album? bad verse. There's a, a bad, bad verse. verse. Okay. Future's verse on uh, on King's Dead is awful. How's it? Uh, well, he sounds like oh god. I I, I must apologize to all, all of you, but he sounds like. <laughs> like in a go high voice. It's so bad. And I'm like, God, there's still a minute and a half. Please, please, someone save us. And then Kendrick absolutely snaps on his verse to close out the track. And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, Kendrick. Thank you so much for saving this this song. Um, Georgia Smith's track on this album is also great. It, it's a it is maybe the best movie soundtrack since like since Guardians, Guardians. and in terms of like original and Baby Driver, but in terms of original movie soundtracks, this this is going to be an all time contender. 
not a single old guy. This is all original music, and it is incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to be very excited when some of these tracks start playing in the movie. I, yeah, it's going to be great. Absolute bangers. I'll have to listen it's, to it. It's worth it. I know you're not a big Kendrick fan, but I think you'll like this album. I mean, I'm not a, necessarily a Kendrick fan, but I'm a movie fan, so there right. you go. And there's a lot of references. Who knows? This, this might be the thing that makes me go, yo, I'm going to listen to yes, more. It's, it is a phenomenal album from a lot of great artists. And Kendrick is on there a lot more than he's credited on. Like, he, he, t- he doesn't take credit for his appearances on some of the songs, but he has, like, a first, I think, on the SOB song. Um, uh, he definitely has a verse on the, uh, on, the Vince, on the Vince Staples track that he's not credited for. So, uh, incredible album, though. The production is A1. It, definitely go listen to it. So now, guys, we are going to jump right, right in to a spoiler-filled review of The Cloverfield Paradox. If you have not watched the movie yet, pause this podcast. Go, go, go turn on Netflix. Watch the movie. It's not even two hours long. Come back and press play again. All right, we're going to give you a second. Once again, this is a spoiler-filled review. For a spoiler-free review, it was okay. Correct. All right, let's get into this. This movie is actually, and I think it's one of his biggest issues, because the script is bad. But it might not be bad if this movie were as bad as this movie were 20 minutes longer. I actually think this movie is too short for its own good. I think so, too. They could have done more, like, broader stuff, given more characters. An hour 40, yeah, I don't think this movie was nearly long enough. No, I don't, no they shortened it way too much. Um... What I think they did is they had a movie, and it was a sci-fi movie. It was just a generic sci-fi movie. And then once Paramount, Paramount saw that it was not going to do any good, they went, retouched it up, combined it with the Cloverfield universe by adding that one scene at the end with the monster. Right. And naming it the Cloverfield Paradox instead of what other paradox. Right. It, it was, was initially, the movie was called, and then the movie was called God Particle. God particle. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and so it could have something to do with the beam of light that came out the ship when it correct. cut through the particles and stuff, the particle Someone had a wild theory come out this week, and, and I don't know how this works. If you sync this movie up with the original Cloverfield, at 18 minutes and 20 seconds, in the Cloverfield paradox, they fire off the particle accelerator for the first time. Yeah, like the fa- the failed one that screws him up, or the one that works and screws him up. It's the one that o- overcharged. Yeah. And at the same time, in the original Cloverfield, is when you first start to hear the monsters rumble. Yeah, but here's the JK thing: said that the, wasn't intentional, but I, I kind of have a hard time. It was that. not intentional, and let me explain why. Because in the original, I went back and I resaw all of these movies to try and get down. Uh, how they're connected with one the monster at the end of cloverfield paradox is a lot a lot a lot larger much than the larger. one that was in cloverfield yes. one like 10 times the size because this one goes because up to the, the one in the cloverfield clouds. one yeah it goes up past the clouds the one in cloverfield didn't even get up past new york's ty- highest skyscraper right. oh. and then also in the first one it was officially like confirmed 
through the ARG campaigning that they did and everything, that the monster came from oil drilling right. from the, the company that owns everything. Or at least that's what they're claiming. At least that's what they're claiming. So it's not the same monster at all. I think they are just in another separate universe. Because even in Paradox, they even said it's not just going to mess up those two universes. It's all of them. All these stupid dimensions. This movie, I, yeah. I actually think this movie makes the whole universe more confusing. Because I think it screws up the timeline. It screws up the timeline just a little bit. No, what I think it's more like, it's, it's more like a Twilight Zone thing where every universe or every dimension is different now. And so now every Cloverfield movie is just a movie set in a different dimension, which explains why at the end of 10 Cloverfield Lane, how there was like the alien invasion going on, why there's a different sized monster that's exactly the same monster that's at the end of Paradox, at the end of Cloverfield. Um, in fact... At the end of Cloverfield, you know where they're at the carnival or whatever, and it just like just zooms in at the sea. Right. If you look, if you look at the corner of the frame, you see something darting in, and it looks like just like a small like satellite or space shuttle or something. Right. So who knows? That's been a theory that's been popular um, since the movie came out. I know. The. Uh, I I I. Like, in terms of this, the, the the movie establishes that this universe might not truly be connected. Like, it might just all be in different universes, different dimensions. Which, yeah, honestly, kind of sad. It's a bit of a cop out. It's 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 like I wish like that. I would have loved to see some creative way where this was all connected. Um, and originally, apparently, JJ considered including a scene where Gugu Mbatha Raw, who I think is maybe the best thing about this movie, she's phenomenal would have come into contact with Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Which would have been so dope. <laughs> and the, the, the fourth one, Overlord, that's coming out in yeah, October, that's not, he, he says he hasn't made any decisions as to whether or not that's a Cloverfield movie or not. But that's a problem. Uh, this is, I think, where this movie actually gets screwed up, is they wait, they don't look at the script and really think this could be a Cloverfield movie. They wait till after the movie gets made and then they decide and they change it. And I think that screws up a lot of it. That's what screwed it up. Yeah. I think that screws up a lot of this movie. Um, you know, 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think they did it early on in the process. Or the movie was in such a place where the, that movie, they were able to just stick the aliens on at the end. Like they didn't have to lace things throughout like they did with this movie. Um, yeah. Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is a far superior film to this film. Um, the screenplay, like we were talking about. <sighs> the dialogue stinks. It's so much exposition. The plotting stinks. Things only happen because the script needs them to happen. And the connection to the universe doesn't quite work out. Which yeah. makes the fact that these actors are so good even more impressive. As bad as the screenplay was, Daniel Bruhl and uh, David Oyelowo and Chris O'Dowd. David Oyelowo and Chris O'Dowd. And especially Guguma Bathorah, who's the one character who has any sort of development in this movie. Yeah, they were all fantastic. Yeah, the performances are very good, actually. Especially, like, Daniel Bruhl, like, he had me on the edge of my seat. Because like, I couldn't tell what he was, like, what his goal was. Well, you figured out about halfway so. through. When they, 
about halfway through, yes, And the yes, ultimate finally. cop out. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's because we're in another dimension. <sighs> yep. Hated it so much. Um, but the, like, the performances, like Guguma Bathara, who, if you don't know her, you should. Because um, she is, I think she's going to be a star. But she was also in San Junipero, the Black Mirror episode. Uh, which I pers- I think is still my favorite episode of Black Mirror. It's incredible. Which one? San Junipero. Mine might be Black Museum. Black Museum's dope. I think that one's my favorite. Um, White Bear is also... Like, you get to the end of White Bear, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. That's an incredible yeah, yeah. episode of television. Because you, you think you're thinking one thing the whole way. I don't watch, like, 15 minutes, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Like, initially, I thought this was all supposed to be, like, even when we got to begin, I was like, oh, this is all reality TV. Like, this is all supposed to be a parody of, like, reality TV, and then it goes even deeper. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a mix of that. There's some of that in there, but, yeah. uh, but like I said, Gugum Bathroom is amazing in that episode of television, and she is amazing in this movie, as in terms of her performance, because she does everything she can. David Oyelowo does everything he can. He's an, he's an incredible actor, too. Uh, yeah. One that was thoroughly robbed, I think, of an Oscar nomination a couple years ago for Selma. That, that was a year, uh, that, that Oscar year, they, they got Best Actor so wrong that year. Oh, my God. Like Steve, Car- which that was the year Steve Carell and Bradley Cooper got nominations instead of Jake Gyllenhaal and David Oyelowo, and I was irate. Oh, are we talking about what twenty fourteen? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was the same year. Honestly, Miles Teller kind of got robbed that year too. But I wouldn't put so, Teller in there. Like, no, the I'm saying, but he he still got a little bit. Because what was it? It was like Cumberbatch, Keaton, Redmayne who won, and then it's Carell, Carell and Cooper. Carell for Foxcatcher, Cooper for American Sniper. I would have taken those two guys out for Joe and Hall and Mike Crawler. And for Joe and Hall. Yeah. He, he played Martin Luther King Jr. That, could you imagine like the steps you have to take to even have the charisma for that role and to, to be believable as Martin Luther King Jr.? And he crushed yeah. it. Um, but he's amazing in this movie. Daniel Bruhl. Like like you said, Daniel Bruhl's an incredible actor, and he, he really mm-hmm. does do everything he can. Chris O'Dowd is hysterical in this movie. He, he hits, like, the one joke that actually works. Uh, Which joke was that? That's when he's talking to his arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, like, it's the one joke that really lands. It, it, this movie struggles with its humor a little bit. Um, it really struggles to get going. It takes a while to get the, the to get everything moving in this movie. Um, first of all, it takes like thirty minutes, like twenty thirty minutes for the plot to. I say twenty five. Twenty five minutes for the plot to really get moving, but it t- but it feels longer than that, and that's not good. I think I texted you the moment where it got good, and it was twenty about twenty eight minutes. minutes in. Yeah. Um. We're. we're stuff goes down 28 minutes yep. um yep because you you watched it a couple hours before i did yes i watched it right after the game right i had other stuff to do mm-hmm. and you know phone calls to take from lance lance this is true 
Wait, Lance called you? As soon as the clock hit zero and Tom Brady's Hail Mary pass hit the ground. Which, first of all, if you go back and look at the footage, there's about half a second in there where I, I still think Gronk was going to catch it. And then it, he didn't. I thought, like, half a second. I say, as soon as that ball hit zero, the Eagles win. A game they, first of all, they deserve to win. Their def- both defenses made exactly one play. Theirs came at the most important time of the game, and that's what it matters. So congrats to the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they, they played a, a, an incredible game. Uh, although, Here's what I'm happy about. Vinny Curry, who is a defensive running back or something like def- that. He's on the defense. De- right, defensive end. He's a pass rusher. Defensive end. That's what it is. Uh, used to play for Marshall. There you go. Yeah, so that's another reason why I wanted the Eagles to win. Also, the main reason, they're not the Patriots. Right. Well, uh, and I, I also heard people, someone was like, it's Bra- I think it was you. You said it was Brady's fault for the fumble. And I was like, not, not true. Oh, I was just saying that to get me right. riled up. It's, it was like, <laughs> most, apparently, like, someone from upstairs. That lives no, upstairs. I texted you and I made a joke. I said, looks like Brady dropped the ball. Right. And I was uh-huh. like, True. But I can't put that on him at all. He was incredible. Actually. Oh, no. I was just making – I was, one, making a pun, and two, just getting used to it. He was amazing on Sunday. But I you – know. yeah. Lance calls me as soon as the ball hits the ground. He's like, what's good? What's good? What's good? And I was like – he's like, you upset right now? And I'm like, no. Not actually, no. Like, this is we, – we just went to our eighth Super Bowl in 16 years. Instead of being upset at the loss, let's appreciate that we're still here. And Lance was like, oh. I was like – you're a Steelers fan. You don't even get to trash talk. <laughs> Dude, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Right. Oh, So I can't trash talk, but I still do. How's Jay Cutler working out for you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, about yeah, that. that was a, we still had, that was a, still had Chad Pennington, though. And we have the greatest football player that never won a Super Bowl ring ever. Yeah, true. Congratulations, by the way. Big week at Marshall. Big week. One of your guys got elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, man, Randy Moss. That's a big deal. Yeah. And also, Vinny Curry won us our 10th Super Bowl ring. There you go. That's another fun fact of the day for Marshall fans. Big week. Yeah. Huge week. Yeah, Randy Moss got elected into the Football Hall of Fame. Deservedly so. Oh, yes. I'm going to have a... The the thing is, though, the thing about Randy Moss, the one thing that I found out about him the other day that kind of makes me a little bit angry is that when he was... In the NFL, he never said he was from uh, Marshall. He said he was from uh, Rice University or something like that, whereas he was from Rice, West Virginia. I, 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 I think he always said Rice, West Virginia. I don't think he ever meant to say um, university. But whatever it was. Um, whatever it was. But he's actually giving a lot back to the university right. now, and it's pretty um, awesome. Yeah. Vinnie Curry last year donated – a lot of money gonna, and uh, bought a locker in the locker room yeah, too. I'm gonna give some take. I'm gonna give a take here. It's oh, feel free. A, a, a fire take. It's... Jerry Rice is highly considered the greatest wide receiver of all time because of his numbers and how long he played. At yeah. his peak, Randy Moss was better than Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a take. Uh, actually, I would say a lot of these receivers right now are actually better than Jerry Rice was. But because of the numbers yes. he put up, we'll still call him the GOAT. Like, this is a discussion that they had on the Mixtape podcast. Uh, great great barstool, basketball, football. They talk everything. It, it, they're mainly a basketball podcast. But, um, but they had a big conversation about this a couple weeks ago. Like, Randy Moss was legit better than Jerry Rice. These are just facts. 
right, so that's my take. All right, back to Cloverfield. Uh, <laughs> that was quite an aside. Anyway, back to Cloverfield. Quite an aside. Um, this, like I said, the movie takes a while to get moving, and then it kind of slodges through the middle. The last 15 minutes are when this movie figures itself out. Yes. The movie figures itself out in the last 15 minutes. And that's when I got super disappointed when I figured out that the main villain was just a human. It was just Elizabeth Debicki. Right. I was upset. Yep. I was hoping when the, the first like, dimensional rift hit and the worms were inside of Volkov. I thought that, was, that those worms were going to come together and form a Cloverfield monster. I thought so, too. I thought that was going to be a, like, that's why I compared it to Alien. Right. Because that was, that was the point that I had just reached. And that's why I compared it to I wasn't expe- I was expecting a Cloverfield monster there, not on Earth. Yep. Uh, with Roger yep, Davies' character, who, man, that guy gave a heck of a performance for a guy that really gets pushed to a plot that doesn't work. Yeah. He was really good, though. Anchoring yeah. the But that, at that point, that's why I called it a mix between Alien and uh, Isaac Asimov. Right. Or Jules Verne. Right. Hey. Insert your science fiction writer here. Right. And it, it, in the end, it just... A little bit disappointing. Absolutely. And it was so clear who the villain was once he realized that the monsters were actually on Earth. Because there is a, a scene where you can see like the shadow of a monster in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, then it starts to become clear, okay, she, Elizabeth Debicki is just trying to screw things up on the, on the ship here. Get them out of, their, out of her dimension. It's just, it gets so predictable. Mm. Uh, the, it's... Like I said, if it were not for the performances, and I do think the last 15 minutes the action works, I think the movie goes from something weird, which is when it might have been at its best, to a generic spy, uh, like space thriller, and then kind of goes back to the weirder stuff at the end, and, that, and yeah. it works again. Uh, I wish it would have stuck with the weird stuff throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I, I, I think the movie becomes generic at certain points, and it, it doesn't work. Mm. It, and it's not a well-made film. Particularly. Yeah. The, the set design is okay, and the effects are nice. And I think the director did about all he could with it. Like, that script is awful. However, given the situation and the script being horrible, I still think it was okay. Right. Uh, if you had to score it out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, like a 6. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely lower than you. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a 4. Yeah, I'm between a 4 and a 6. Because um, it's not a good movie. But it does. It's not. It's not good. It's not bad. It though. does have things that work for it. In particular, I think the performances work, and I think that the, the performances is what saves it right. for me. And I'm a huge Daniel Bruhl fan. In fact, I started watching the Aliens. Aliens. I need to watch that show. I need to watch that show. It's it's really interesting. I have so many shows I need to watch right now. <laughs> it's really. By the way, just so you I'm know, th- an alienist was what they called a criminal psychologist. Right. I'm three ep- back in like the 1890s. I'm three episodes behind on Versace. <laughs> we were going to do yeah. weekly recaps. I, I really. I started watching here. Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's what I'm doing with my life, Dominic. <laughs> it's actually really good. And I think it's by the same people that did Parks and Rec. Yes, so that's probably why I like it. So TJ gives Cloverfield Paradox a six out of ten. I gave it a four out of ten overall. Average of five. Average of five, yeah. All right, as overall, so we said right. good performances. Uh, the effects are somewhat decent, but I, the movie just loses its way. Yes. Yeah, and, it, and the pacing's not great. But it's worth, it's worth it if you just... It's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. It's, the last shot alone get, gets about half a point towards this movie. 
with the, the monster coming up through the clouds was actually... If that's the case, then mine would be, like, a six and a half with that. Oh, wow. I wasn't even including that. I wasn't adding a half a point I said, that. I might, it might not be a point, but I was just, like, like spitballing, because I think that's a, <laughs> a awesome... That's a great shot. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. It's really effective. Yeah. But, and the movie shot pretty well. Daniel Mendel, very good director, very good cinematographer. All of, the, all of the stuff that was outside the spaceship and was in space was really good. Yeah. It's just the movie, like plot-wise and script-wise, that movie just does not work at all. Agreed. So. Uh, but that's just about going to do it for us this week. Next week, we're going to be previewing Marvel's Black Panther. Currently at a 200 out of 10 excitement level from the editor-in-chief. And Kurt, and let's see here. Is it still at a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? No, one guy gave it a, like a 3 out of 5 and gave it a rotten review because, this is true, T'Challa doesn't beat up enough bad guys in said film. So basically, uh, 8 out of 10 IGN, too much water. Almost, yeah. Um, but the actual, but if you look at the average score on Rotten Tomatoes, no Marvel movies above an 8, I think this one is. The average movie on Rotten Tomatoes isn't? The average score on it. No Marvel movie has ever averaged like an 8 out of 10. It is a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Two people have given it a rotten review. 98% average score is currently at 8.4 out of 10. I think we just put on the same page because I'm looking at that. Too. Yeah, I am. I am too. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. I'm about to die laughing. Have you noticed who put up the second? First of all, the first negative I'm review. I'm trying to scroll down to that. Okay. Right. The first negative review was from the Irish Independent. And the second one this is from Urban Cinephile. We're like, what? Urban Cinephile. But it's a white woman. It's an old white it's woman, It's an too. old white woman writing for Urban Cinephile. Oh, Or like Suburban Cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. What the fuck? Who made that hire over there? Sorry for the language. Well, he doesn't that... get to do much of his jump around beating up bad guys. Because he's a king. He don't need to fight the bad guys. Everyone, apologize for the profanity. That was a... It's just, that's a horrendous... Thing to read. Dialogue heavy with a confused sense of place. Mega budget Marvel might be a misfire for anyone beyond the fan base. Literally, no one else has that take. No. <laughs> An important movie. It matters that this rep- the representation matters. An the extremely that- old white man from the New York Daily News, and as a top critic, uh, Stephen Witte said, "Black Panther matters," and yeah. gave it a four out of five. It appears to be an objectively good film, which excites me. Yeah. Because um, I've been waiting for this movie for a hot minute. It, I've been excited for this one. I've always had this one circled. You've been eyeing this movie since freaking December of 2015 when they hired Ryan Coogler was when I really got excited about this movie. And then when Black Panther was... Yeah, Black Marvel. Panther... Who, with one line, immediately came my became my favorite character in the Marvel universe. It was it was like three lines. It was as soon as he popped up, and uh... but particularly the post credit scene where Cat goes, "You know they're gonna come for him, right?" And he goes, "Let them come." Was one of the most incredible yep. lines in any film ever. So 
the thing I'm wondering is if Cap or Bucky are going to show up in this movie at all. Probably as an end credit scene. Bucky maybe is an after credit scene. I think they're going to. They might use the after credit scene to assert that there's an Infinity Stone in there. I don't even know at this point. I, Honestly, I, I don't even know if there's going to be one at this there point. There has to be an Infinity Stone there. Based on the amount of action that, taking place there that we saw in but the, at the Infinity War trailer, there has to be a stone there. At the same time, at the same time in the trailer, uh, if that was Vision with Captain America and but that's, Black Widow and but, Wakanda, that would be why Thanos would go there for that But they're one. not... Like, my point here is that they're not going to have a massive... CGI action set piece in Wakanda if there isn't an Infinity Stone there. Yeah. There has to be one there. I know. I'm just honest. I'm just theorizing. It is probably there, but I'm, I'm just theorizing at this point. So, big Black Panther preview coming up next week. I'm seeing the movie next Friday. I'm probably going to be able to see it maybe Friday. Um, I know Dalton might also be coming up that weekend, too, to go see it. But I've already got plans for next Friday to go see it with a bunch of my friends here. Uh, we got a big group going. It'll be very exciting. Uh, Jonah cannot go. Very sad um, for him. You know what? The, the Infinity Stone might be why Claw is so interested. I think he just wants the Vibranium. I don't think he knows there's an Infinity Stone. Well, there. the Vibranium, too. But uh, Killmonger, too. Because if you know Killmonger at all, he was at one point. He was a native of Wakanda. And then, oh, hail King, Killmonger. Yeah, and then got, yeah, uh, and then got basically deported and was in, the, uh, was in the United States for a long time, changed his name, then eventually went back. There you go. And it was like, yo, I want revenge, because his dad died in Wakanda. Yep. Yeah. So, I, who knows what news will break next week. Probably something insane because, of course, uh, hopefully Paramount keep, keep writing Gucci biopics, guys. I'm, I'm proud of you this week. Gucci gang, 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 Gucci gang. Tell you what, the seventh time he says Gucci, that Lil Pump says Gucci gang in that chorus really hits me right in the heart, right in the soul. Gucci gang. <sighs> no, but... Uh, Keep making good decisions. A Gucci-made biopic is a good decision. Even if the Trump supporters probably won't see it. But that's another story for another day. I don't know if you know this. They don't like hip-hop. Who? The Trump supporters. Oh, yeah. You see the guy the day after the Grammys that wrote that hip-hop isn't music, but he looks like he's from the 1700s? Yeah, the old guy. Myron Magnet? With the light, with the like lamb it. chops, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 or the mutton chops, not lamb chops, dude. You Incredible. know what I just realized? Black Panther, Black Panther is going to be the final Phase Three film where the Earth is in, in complete danger. Correct. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Is that Phase Three That's or Phase three. Four? Avengers Four closes out Phase Three, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. Homecoming, uh, Homecoming two is Homecoming two launches Phase Four, and they're gonna start looking for, I would guess, a villain for that movie very soon. Or yep. Or I'm about to make a or Venom I'm about to make a too. wild suggestion. Yeah, I think Tom Hardy might be the villain of Homecoming two. We'll see. Depends on if it is actually 100 percent confirmed right. that it is Tom. Hardy. If they decide to cross over these universes, no one knows at this point. 
Nope. Which is also why I'm disappointed in the teaser trailer. If they didn't show Venom, they at least had to show something worthwhile, either Oscorp or Stark Industries. Or Literally something. anything. Literally anything. There wasn't anything in the trailer. Disappointment! Alright, TJ, where can the good people online find you? I am on Twitter at the TJ Blank. Alright, you can find me on Twitter at Dom Ferrara 5. There, there should be a, a real nice photo from Franklin Street going up there very soon. I'm very excited about it. Uh, from last oh, night. Oh, I was looking it up, right? I was about to see if that photo was I on there a, now. I have a photo, and not just that Snapchat video. I'm excited about it. Um, I still have the one of me protesting. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it was insane last night. You can also uh, follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at Dom Ferrara 5. Uh, you can read our writing at filmswithferrara.wordpress.com whenever we actually have time to write on said website. Uh, we'll make time next college, week. College, guys. College. It's, it's real tough. Uh, <laughs> Podcasts are fun, though, even though it takes two hours to record it's them. It's better to like, record and knock everything out in two hours than to spend like five hours writing. So <laughs> I, I agree. It's, it's also more fun. We actually still get to talk to each other, even though, you know. I'm six correct. hours away. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can, of course, follow this podcast and the website on Twitter at Film with Ferrara and on Facebook, Films with Ferrara. Everyone, go listen to that Black Panther album. Hey, you know, you might be able to change the, the, the handle for the podcast now that Twitter I don't think they changed the, the I don't length. think they changed handle lengths. I think they just changed name lengths. Hmm. I think handles are still 15 characters. Hmm. There's a chance. At least test Yeah. All right, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> kind of ruined the outro, right. but whatever. Go listen to that Black Panther album. It's very dope, and it's very good. Also, I'll do that another sometime. music suggestion, 2 Chains, new four-track EP. Straight bangers on that EP. Go get them. Man, how about that Green Day album that was released last October? <laughs> pretty great. It's pretty great. Also, Teed Up by Ray Schremer. We're going to start putting some music in this podcast. We're going to find ways. Very necessary. We'll, 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 we'll play some bangers. Oh, man, how about that John Williams? <laughs> great bangers on his new, <laughs> on his new album. <laughs> when the beat... Oh, Only the greatest composer I gotta of all time. I got to tell you, when the beat dropped on track five... <laughs> Absolutely crazy. And the bars he's dropping there. Spitting absolute fire. <laughs> Man, that's what the eight time signature is great. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, enjoy the movie.